Using RocketPro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters complete document reviews and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters complete document reviews and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I have again with me a two-timer, <laughs> Laura Brandeo. Welcome, Laura. Welcome back to the show. Oh, I am so excited to be here, Jen. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you as well. So here's why I have you back on the show. We have been part of a collaborative book. We were released last fall, Win or Learn. And you were in the book, I was in the book, and I thought, you know, I want to really take this opportunity to interview all these beautiful women that are in the mortgage business because we are resilient. <laughs> there is no question about it. And right now I'm in the middle of putting my new TV show together called Tell Me I Can't. Love it. That seems to be obviously the thread through this entire thing is win or learn because so often we were all told that we can't. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be exploring on the TV show with a variety of people. But 
I wanted to bring you on and talk about everything about you is yes. Say yes today, tomorrow, yesterday, next year. <laughs> say yes, say yes, say yes. Which is so funny because it's so counterintuitive to one of my montrages because every year I have a theme, right? And yep. this year happens to be simplicity, like make everything okay. simple, right? Simplicity. Several years ago, my montage for the entire year, my brand or whatever you want to call it, my big thing for the whole year was stop being a yes woman. Mm-hmm. Stop being a yes woman because I was killing myself, right, right? To be it. So why don't we start off with what you truly, truly mean by saying yes? Because I know there is a cap yeah. where you don't and have infinite well, energy. The thing is, is saying yes every day is not about saying yes to things. Saying yes every day is maximizing every single day to its fullest and being open to opportunities that maybe you were scared to be open to before. So saying yes every day is not at all about saying yes to everything. (laughs) But I will tell you, my mantra is no one will take a day from me. Yeah, I believe that every single one of us, all of us, we only have a certain number of days in our life. We don't know how many of those days there are, but I promise you, Jen, I will never waste or give someone one of my days. I will maximize it and I will fulfill the biggest amount of yes to living the most out of that day I possibly can. I love that. And I appreciate you telling us about that too, because I knew that the clarity needed to be there, right? <laughs> because when someone says, oh, say yes every day, then I'm just going to go around and say, yes, yes, no. Yes. And so it financially could destroy you. It could destroy you physically <laughs> as well and emotionally. So I know that that clarity is really, really important, right? To people. One of the things that you had said in this chapter of win or learn is not being afraid to ask for what you want. And I want to explore that a little bit more because I know reading, you did go in and ask for what you wanted. You asked to be a cold calling marketer, which is funny, but you did ask for (laughs) what you want. So help us understand is loan officers and real estate agents, title companies and insurance companies are listening to this podcast and certainly entrepreneurs as well is not being afraid to ask for you want. Help us walk through what you specifically mean by that, because I could run around and say, I want this and that and that and that. I'm sure that there is methodology to this of, I don't even know how to ask you the question. It's just, I know, <laughs> I know, that, I know yeah. that there is something under there other than just go ask what you want. Yeah. So I think it starts with truly knowing yourself. I think the reason why people do not necessarily meet their plateau of their highest self is because they don't really know what they want. Mm -hmm. I had the privilege and joy that from a very early age, Mm -hmm. I was told my parents told me, you have no limits, but the limits you put on yourself, anything that you ever want to do, want to be, or want to have is within your control. Now understand I grew up in a middle-class family. My father worked for the post office as a janitor. My mom was a secretary. I didn't come from privilege or high level, but what I did come from was an impeccable work ethic 
and the confidence in knowing who I was. Mm -hmm. So when it was time for me to go out, actually forget about business. Let's take it before career. I was a senior in high school and I met a young man that made a joke about something with his sister and showed such vulnerability that I instantly saw who turned out to be my husband in a light of just genuine kindness and Mm -hmm. sincerity. He was a very shy gentleman. And at 17 years old, I had that instant connection of a soulmate. I didn't wait for my husband to get around the gumption and nerve to ask me out. (laughs) I asked him out. Yeah. Thank God for Sadie Hawkins. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm now married 31 years. And right from that moment, I learned that if I had this connection with this person, why am I going to play this game of song and dance of back and forth of someone getting up the nerve when I can just ask for what I want? It started probably there. And then as I went through my career, I was never afraid of asking for what I wanted because I was confident that anything that I wanted was the right thing for me to do at that moment and that I was the best person to do it. A lot of roles that I achieved, I created them. I have to tell you, I honestly probably only applied to two jobs in my entire career because most of the time it was creating my own role, making my own positions and coming up with ideas on, hey, let's try this. Next thing you know, I was promoted to another position. I was passed off to someone else. So what I mean by go after what you want is it starts with you having the, I'm not even going to use the word confidence because you know what confidence is? It's trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. I knew my capabilities and I knew that I was the best person for that. So I wasn't afraid to ask and tell someone that I was the best person. So what you say in the chapter is also, you give a couple, and so I'll just remind you, because I don't know about you, I've been in so many collaborative books. I'm like, what did I write? (laughs) I can't even remember what I wrote. And I was just on an interview. We're releasing a book in two days from this conversation, August 11th, another collaborative book called Step Into the Spotlight. And literally we were doing a Facebook live for this. I was going, wait a minute, where is it? What did I write in this one? So right underneath, you said, don't be afraid to ask for what you want, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a list of a couple things. So let's go through those. Okay. Okay. The first one, be undeniable. Go above and beyond to the point you cannot be ignored because your results and your actions are superior. This one hits home with me personally, because Mm -hmm. as women in this industry, when I'm now at 38 years in, 38 years of marriage to my high school sweetheart, (laughs) The Me Too movement. Right. <laughs> right. I know I'm going to be saying some unpopular things, but I have the utmost empathy and compassion yeah. for anyone who's been through anything really bad. But I think that a lot of young women use it as an excuse. Whereas what you and I had to do was prove we had to be undeniably yes. the best at what we did. Far beyond anyone the else. Reason to be able to say, hey, I deserve it. I'm asking for it because I worked for it. So expand on that a little bit for someone who comes in this industry, man, woman, it doesn't matter, tenured or not, and is saying, 
I want to ask, let's say a real estate agent, a referral partner for some business, right? <laughs> or they're asking for a promotion or they're asking for more responsibility or whatever the case may be. What are some of the strategies, some of the work they need to do to become undeniable? Right. And it's funny when it comes to income, right? I'll never forget. I was about 27 years old. And I tell the story about this guy wanted to purchase the broker shop that I was working at. And he was a very successful billionaire at the time. And here I am, this young girl, and this billionaire is like, Laura, just tell me about yourself. And we're having this conversation. And at that time, I was running a sales team for this company. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, Laura, I'm going to tell you something of how I think about all of my team members. And I'm kind of like, okay, give me the secret. What do you think about your team members? And he said, Laura, very simply, whatever I pay you, you should always be worth to the company five times that amount. Mm -hmm. He's like, because if you're generating five times that amount in production for the company or value, if your role is in operations or if you're saving money for the company or, if or you're, you're building efficiency, secretary, or anything, whatever yeah. value, any mm -hmm. role you are, think about your value to that company should be five times whatever that salary is. Now, I always kept that in my head. Yeah. All the years later. I always thought to myself, if I could always make it, so whatever role I have, no matter what the position is, my value is five times and beyond that, then I know I'm going to be in a very good position. Whether it's, you asked about the realtor, right? Yeah. I was just on a call with one of my clients and we were speaking about how she gets realtors. And what she does is she built an entire studio in her office and she brings realtors in to do videos and they produce them, right? And they give them the content for their social. That's undeniable. Yeah. She is creating such value and she is giving such quality and such value to them. She's undeniable. Yeah. So all of us, we have to think about whether it's that memorable going above and beyond, whether it's generating such production that you are undeniable, whether it's picking up that efficiency within your organization that people just know that you are that foundation. All of those things, depending on your role, you have to know, listen, like you said, Jen, if we didn't, set ourselves apart, we could easily blend into the wall years ago. Yeah. And we had to do something. And right. that was what we all did at that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, and that was why we put this book together too, is to help people, women, obviously women, but men as well, to learn from the things that we had to do to create the positions that we're all in and varying positions, varying stages of our lives and stuff. And you said in the book, never let someone devalue you. Know and champion your value. Let's talk about how do you champion your value without someone feeling that you're a narcissist? Yeah, I mean, and that especially is tough for women. Okay. Yeah. And tough for me. I mean, it's funny, you know, we know Christine, of course, put this book together for us. When I first met her, 
I absolutely had a huge struggle speaking anything about myself. I could not at all speak about myself. It was always my team, my team, my team. And of course, it's still about my team. I'm not saying that that's changed. But I couldn't ever mention anything about myself because especially as women, I think that's something that years ago you just didn't do. It was frowned upon. It looked like you were coming across in a negative way. And it just was, yes, it just, we didn't do it. So when I say championing yourself, it's not bragging. It's not boasting about yourself. It's making everyone aware of what you're doing as your role within the organization. That's how you're championing. It's not necessarily boasting about you doing things. And the other thing is, I mean, I always built companies and teams. Most of the time, what my team could say about me was championing because they would say, I run through a brick wall for Laura. She takes such good care of us. My God, look at what she's built. She's given us the tools. She gave us the best training. I love working for her. That's championing. Yeah. Every single time. And that's you giving five times as much. Correct. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely is. I love that. I still do something called getting real with realtors. And we set up a studio in our office. This was four or five years ago and set up a studio in our office, brought them in and had a conversation with them because I'd already been podcasting. And I thought, well, why don't I do some Facebook lives with a handful of them and get others to say, well, how do I get that? How do I get that opportunity to have my business championed? and value given. And I still do it today. I still love doing, and I don't do it as frequently, but I don't need to, but I still love doing getting real with realtors. Love it. (laughs) Love it. And that's value that provides value. Yeah. No question at all. So I'm not going to go through each one of these, but when you said, don't be afraid to talk to others, You said, I've never been afraid to cold call or to network with strangers. And this skill has created a large amount of my success. I find as a coach and a mentor, this is one of the things that most people have trouble with is, in fact, you'll hear a lot of mid-level right producers saying, if only they knew, if only they knew how good I am at guidelines and how good I am at getting loans (laughs) right through our system, if only they knew but they just have such a hard time putting their arm out, sticking their arm out and being that champion for themselves. So what advice do you have for them? Yeah, and I think you are correct. You've nailed something that I think holds a lot of people back, that they are afraid to reach out. And I think one of the things is common ground. You, number one, have to show up. That's the first thing. Okay, I know for many, many years, I was afraid to show up. And one of the reasons why I was afraid to show up is that it was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Most of the events that I would have possibly gone to, it was very male dominated. There were not a lot of women there, but it's better. We're making progress, but it was really bad years ago. And I was uncomfortable. I didn't know how to have a conversation. I felt I had nothing in common. I couldn't talk sports. I couldn't talk golf. It just was (laughs) uncomfortable. You know, (laughs) I'm on a mission now that I will 
teach other women how to do this networking. And I'm part of so many women's groups now where I show women how to have that common thread and how to put yourself out there. So I think it starts with finding a way to have a common thread, join different women's groups, join some Facebook groups, somewhere that you can have a common thread. And once you have that common thread, then it's not uncomfortable anymore. And even within your own organization, I'm sure that there's some type of company event, even if it's a virtual event, show up. Because a lot of times we don't show up because we are afraid of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the first recommendation is show up. Yeah. Arrive. Then once you arrive, find at least one person that you have something in common. Once you have a buddy, it gets a lot easier to expand that buddy into a bigger group. But find a common thread once you show up and it gets easier. I will also give you one recommendation that I live by if you go to an actual face-to-face event. Okay, here's the easiest thing to do. Anytime you go to a networking event, regardless of what industry you're in, anyone that you go, look for the one person on their phone. You know why? That's someone that's having trouble networking. Yeah. Go up to that person. Least common denominator. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's right. If you're afraid, go up to the person you see on their phone and just speak about something with the event. Ask them, oh, when does this start or where is this? Just have an introductory. And I promise you that person will be thrilled that they have someone to speak to and you can start a conversation and grow it from there. I have a rule that any networking event I go to, I seek those people out. And then I bring those people into my group. By the end of the night, more people will want to be part of this group than the other groups. Yeah, that's great. That's brilliant. And that is really good because, you know, if you're feeling that way, go find someone. It's not commiserating with them, right? And not go, oh, I'm both afraid. But being able to pull them up and lift each other, you know, the tides that lift each other. It's funny. One of the things that Darren Hardy, he's one of my coaches, Darren said to me is, Jen, if you could just have 20 seconds of courage, you could avoid years of fear. That's right. <laughs> years that is of true. fear, right? And so that particular networking situation is all it requires is 20 seconds of courage. Right. And then you can get over all the years and years and years of fear. And I think that that's so powerful in anything that you're doing. And I think getting back to having those relationships, I think that's important. How do you become memorable in every situation that you're in, aside from being the class clown, being loud, doing something funny? How do you become memorable? What's your take on this? So it's funny. I think that number one, you have to be yourself. And I'm going to tell you a story. I'm actually going to share a story about this. So I was at an event and it was breakfast. Okay. So here it is, it's breakfast. I'm by myself at that moment. And I'm just looking for somewhere to sit at a table to have breakfast, right? So I walk in and I notice a girl that I've actually seen on social media for years, but I've never actually met her. So immediately when I saw her, I knew who she was from social media. And I sat down and I introduced myself. And I said, I absolutely love that you always post whatever. It was actually nature things and sunsets. And this girl immediately 
her entire demeanor changed because I recognized, connected with her, and I pretty much showed her that I knew who she was and I acknowledged what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Well, months later, she reached out to me about something. And I said, well, you're reaching out to me. We never had more than that conversation at breakfast. She said, Laura, never in my entire career has someone ever taken the time to acknowledge the detail that you did. She said, I will never forget that moment Mm -hmm. because you took the time to acknowledge me, to connect with me and have a personal relationship with me. So the thing you have to do to be memorable, number one, you have to get over yourself. (laughs) You have to actually put the other person before you. Stop trying to pretend, stop trying to overanalyze in your brain what you should be doing to be memorable. Listen to those people you're speaking to. Take notice of what those people are doing and really, really take a moment to connect with others. And I promise you will be memorable. Yeah, I love that. A couple of days ago, somebody in a mastermind of mine said, it's one thing to listen, but when you truly listen, you truly learn. And that made me think of that is that, yeah, when you truly are listening, you'll actually learn, not just walk away going, I think I listened. I don't remember if I listened. And I call it having a committee meeting with your head. You're right. (laughs) Because all the members of the committee are up in your head talking about everything. What if, what if, what happens? What goes? But that's why people aren't memorable. They're all having a conversation and they're analyzing. Oh, wow. She's looking at me this way. Oh, did she smile? Did she react? Wait a minute. She turned in a split second. All of this happening. Yeah. Stop. Have all the committee members. Yeah. (laughs) And you've been around long enough to know we used to have committee loan decisions, right? I still do. It I always, still do. <laughs> it always took forever. Yeah, I think that's really good. You bring up a really good point because I mean, I don't have a long story, but you know, I remember when social media had just sort of come out and everything. And the big thing was just to send. And even today on my birthday, my husband yeah. goes, well, oh, you know, I got like a thousand people telling me happy birthday. whoop de do I had one person call me. Oh. One. One person. She was my Stella and Dot person, you know, when I was yeah, buying yeah. Dot stuff. And she called me and said, hey, I just want to call and wish you a happy birthday. Aww. I'm still remembering that. It's now eight, yes. nine years later. I'm still remembering that. There you go. It's just going above and beyond, really, is what it's yes. happening. Okay, so I want to shift gears from the book for a second. Thank you so much for sharing. I wanted to get a little deeper into the author of this chapter so people can learn a little bit more about you. But I want to ask you, we were talking in the green room that we think we're post-pandemic, kind of. <laughs> Right. We don't know if we're going back into it. It depends on the day. We don't know if we're going back into it, but certainly there's been an air that has changed. I mean, the market softened a little bit. There are people, actually, I've heard people say that they're in a funk. And I've heard people say, no, this is fun. So both are experiencing something. And there's various reasons why, which we won't get into for here. But there is a sense of renew, reset, rejuvenate renovate. I mean, all of those re-words that I'm seeing in my travels and speaking in different places of the industry right now, what do you see is happening? You have a wholesale company, you've got a large company that you're running. And what are you all seeing in your so-called 
We don't like saying that crystal ball. I know. Well, you what know, are your predictions? It's much easier to say that than to say, go to look. Listen, at is it changing again? Is there a new cycle coming? Yes, there I, is. Right. The yeah. thing is, is the crystal ball. We don't know what that new cycle truly looks like. Right. Yeah. So yeah. from my perspective, I was always very purchase heavy. So mm-hmm. I didn't get the advantage of this refi boom as much as some others. We did, but not as much as some others. Yeah. So my yeah. business was always, always very purchase heavy. Mm-hmm. You certainly are seeing that it still is very purchase heavy. Yes. You are starting to see construction. Now I am a top one-time closed construction to firm lender, and it's unbelievably busy right now. Yeah. That is a product that is very needed. There's lots of people that there's just not an availability of existing homes and they are building, but there's limitations with that. There are delays on permits. There are all of the supply chain, the lumber prices that shot through the roof. You know, luckily it's coming. Yeah, we saw a guy last night on the way down to our boathouse on our lake and stuff. And he had like seven pieces of two by fours sticking out of his truck. And I go, oh my gosh, there's a thousand dollars sitting right there. I know. But it did come down. We're taking it. We're taking it, honey. It's like gold. But it has started to come a little yeah. bit, right? But yeah. there's supply chain issues as a whole. It's not just the lumber oh, prices. all stores. I was in Target yeah. the other day and there's barely any headbands to buy. Right. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's weird, right? The electronics, the appliances for the kitchens. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of limitations. Oh, even at but, restaurants, they don't yes. have certain things. Yeah. yeah. I know. So it's weird. So you are seeing this shift, but I do think renovation is starting to come back during the height of the pandemic, mm-hmm. nobody was renovating because, well, no. No, because they had the equity. That's they right. They were taking the cash. They're taking that's the exactly cash right. and going get another house down the street that's twice that's as correct. big in price. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So now you're starting to see a little bit more of the renovation coming back. So you are seeing this shift. What do we think? I mean, listen, this Fannie and Freddie with the caps on the second home in the investment, yeah. that was a big shift. That certainly was disruptive to our industry. And you are seeing some people have to come up with plan B for all of that. So you are seeing shifts. Everyone is still very hopeful. Everyone is still very positive about where we are going. So I don't think anyone is in this, oh no, really bad time is coming, but they know a new cycle is yeah, coming. And that's what happens. And what I mean by the funk, it's so funny because the people I've touched and I said, what do you mean you're in a funk? It's, you know, a body and emotion stays yeah. in motion. We're so busy they doing were- approvals <laughs> and, and all this business. Now the business, yeah, you know, and so it's, that's yeah. what I'm talking about there. It's not necessarily the negativity, but, you know, and all I can do is encourage people stay in motion, yeah. just do a different type of motion. Right. But stay in motion because this too shall pass. I've been through nine of these cycles in my entire cycles. Yeah. (laughs) They're just cycles. And it's just so so I came up with an acronym, which is so silly because my book that just came out two months ago is already a number one bestseller in two different categories. And it's an acronym book. And so I go, oh well, funk it stands for first understand the nature of why you feel this way and know how you're gonna get out. Yeah. And that's really what it is. Just first understand the nature. You were busy in your computer doing pre-approvals, yada, yada, yada. Let's get busy doing something else. Yep. 
to keep that momentum going for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. So you have another book coming out that you're working I do. So Say Yes Every Day, Discovering Your Superpowers was my first book. And the second book, it's interesting, during the pandemic, going back to the pandemic, I started this interview series called Thrive Thursday. Well, it started as Survive and Thrive. And what it was, it was really such an interesting topic or way I did it. What it was is that we had three people on every Thursday on Facebook Live, and they would speak about what changed in their life due to the pandemic and how they pivoted to thrive during this time. Now, the reason why it was interesting is that every week I would meet strangers because those people would nominate the next week. And these people, they started out in the mortgage industry, but then it pivoted. So for like six months, I was meeting people of all different industries, all different ages, all different everything. And these people would come on and they would speak about this. Well, I got an idea. I thought to myself, you know, every person has a story. Every one of us, not just about business. It could be anything. So I decided that last year I was going to create a book called Say Yes Every Day, Everyone has a story and it's going to be 15 stories of people that were on that show and they were able to speak about whatever they want. And I said, I'm giving you the gift of being an author. I got the publisher. I had them interview. Yes. As a collaborative effort. And that book will come out October 19th. And the reason why I wanted to do that is I wanted something that hopefully this pandemic will be behind us soon enough. (laughs) And I wanted a collaborative book where people had that period of time recorded so that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, this was recorded in a book. So completely outside of the mortgage industry, but I feel really good about it. Yeah. I love it. I love that you're thinking forward like that. And your podcast is called Positively Charged Biz. Yep. And I've been on that show. I don't remember when, but (laughs) about a year ago, I think about a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like it was probably during the pandemic. Yeah. It was probably during that period of time. It's yeah. Pretty interesting because it was, it was something that I kept saying short-term gain for long-term pain people right from day one. And to make sure that you had the foundation planted So that when the pandemic ended and when this life of activities stopped, that you had the next thing to do. And that's really what we focused on the most was keeping people going, 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 keep the engine going, right? Putting some oil on it, adding water to it, whatever we needed to do, getting people to push it to keep that engine going so that people would come out of this much higher than they came into it and not dive back down like was so typical for our industry, right? But to keep soaring higher and I kept calling it and still do the soaring 20s. I think this I is agree. soaring 20s, not the roaring, but the soaring. And this is definitely the decade to really, really grow your practice. So is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? No, we- I think we're, I truly appreciate you inviting me on. And Ooh. I agree with you. It is the soaring 20s. And yeah. during that time of the pandemic, I got really deep involved, so many different women's groups. And I have truly witnessed such amazing transformation of so many, especially women within our industry. And I really look forward to watching them fly high. 
Oh, I think so too. And we both have been part of the Women of Vision Award for a couple of years. And I didn't make it down to receive mine, but I got it in the mail um, <laughs> because I just had something else going on. But we are the type of people, including the rest of the authors that are in this beautiful book that are saying, hey, we're very powerful. We're excited for the future. And those that are following behind us, the new generation should feel the same way. And we hope that they do by reading this book. So I just want to, again, say thank you so much for sharing this with me. And I can't wait to share a stage with you again. I'm sure uh, as we were talking in the green room, you're busy. I'm busy. I bet we're going to be speaking somewhere the same place. We'll just discover it when we get there. Exactly. Um, Because we don't know where we're going at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Again, thank you so much, Laura. I sure appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.